to another episode of No One Knows Bets podcast, college football gambling podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter at CMeds11. Um, check out for the picks those uh, Saturday mornings, Thursday nights, Friday nights, wherever the games are. Uh, but uh, on today's episode, we're going to be recapping the good old week zero and get diving into a couple Thursday night games we have coming up Uh Got Thursday, Friday, and a lot of Saturdays kicking off the season. Actual week one, you know, week zero turned out to be an okay um, week zero. They do let us play a little just the tip before going all in for week one. A few surprises from this week, like the choke job by Nebraska. You know, we'll guess that it isn't much of a surprise, but losing outright to Northwestern as a double-digit favorite. Uh, in Dublin, never a good sign. You know, Scott Frost will be feeling the heat already at the start of the year. Northwestern shutting out. Nebraska in the fourth quarter really sealed the deal. Thompson, Thompson and uh, Holinsky uh, both threw for over 300 yards and looked impressive. Uh, Thompson threw for two picks, one TD, while uh, Holinsky threw two TDs and no uh, interceptions. I was able to catch the first half of the game, and Nebraska jumped out to that quick 14-3 lead, then blowing that lead at the end of the first half, 17-14. Unfortunately uh, Nebraska, for Nebraska, they were unable to turn it around in the second half and shut out, and were shut out in the fourth quarter. And, you know, we'll bring them 0-1 uh, heading into their second game against Indiana. Uh, the second game was UConn, uh, you know, with a solid cover and kept Utah State on their heels uh, to start off the year. Uh, UConn jumped out to that 14-0 lead early on in the first quarter, then quickly went down 24-14 heading into the half. Final score ended 31-20, but UConn ran the ball for 245 yards. You know, really impressive actually uh, against the Utah State team and kept uh, you know them in contention. But uh, on the other side of the ball, Utah State also ran for over 200 yards while Bonner threw three TDs and no interceptions. Bonner's actually a good quarterback. I expect good things out of him this year in the Mountain West, so we'll see what comes from him in the Utah State. Uh, UConn looked a lot better than what everyone was expecting. I mean, it was like a 27-point spread, and, you know, they kept them. They kept Utah State on the ropes for the majority of the game. You know, hopefully they can continue making games close because who doesn't like a good underdog story like UConn Huskies? Biggest disappointment for me last weekend was UTEP losing to Northwestern. It was a good game in the first half, but North Texas ran the ball really well uh, to keep it in control as a team. They ran for over for 163 yards, and uh, the quarterback made some good passes on third down to extend drives. Uh, UTEP brought a lot of pressure on almost every play You know when they were throwing the ball, but North Texas was able to make the plays. I mean, honestly, hats off to them. They made the plays... They looked like the better team that day. Um, if they were to meet again, I mean, I don't know. UTEP just couldn't throw the ball in the second half. They got shut down. 
Uh, I think it's because it's losing those wide receivers, honestly, from last season. Uh, you know, their quarterback depended on them. They were good, and uh, they're gone now with new faces. Um, they, had, they did have a solid day in the first half, but, you know, North Texas just took over and ended up beating them. But uh, Illinois and Hawaii games ended up being blowouts. Wyoming is just in shambles and will be a team to fade in the line if the lines are right this season. Illinois looked good, but we're going against Wyoming, who is absolutely terrible. You know, we'll see how they compete against Indiana next week. And um, I think it's at Indiana, actually. But uh, Hawaii, on the other hand, took a 7-0 lead, and then never saw the lead after that. Gave up 35 points in the third quarter, and final score ended up being 63-10. You know, I can't believe Vandy won by that much of a scoring margin. I mean, they only had five points total in win margins last year. Two against UConn and three against somebody else, somebody shitty, Colorado State. So to come in here and win by a 53-point margin, maybe this thing's to come. I mean, they did have a lot of returners from last season. Uh, they're definitely not going to compete in the SEC, but maybe they'll get more than two wins uh, than they did last year. Uh, Nevada beat New Mexico State over in La Cruces, New Mexico. It was a slow-scoring game, and we won the under on this one. Uh, Nevada just looked like the better team, but New Mexico State shows some areas of competing as they did take a 2-0 lead off of safety. But like I mentioned, they always struggle with the, with uh, D1 teams. They're pretty much a D1 AA team at this point, I feel like. But uh, overall, it was 2-1 on the week, uh, plus one unit, one Illinois, minus 11, and Nevada under while losing UTEP money line. Uh, now that we have more games coming up, hopefully more plays and you know, winnings for you guys, because that's the biggest thing is winning for me, winning for you guys. That's why I do this. Give you the insight, give you the picks for the week. Hopefully you guys follow. If you do, appreciate the likes, appreciate the listens, subscribe, download, whatever you got to do. We appreciate it. But uh, I'll preview two Thursday night games. Yeah, as we're coming on a short week, I mean, there's not the greatest games, but I'll preview Penn State at Purdue and then... uh, West Virginia at Pittsburgh. Um, other games there. I mean, Central Michigan at Oklahoma State, 21 points. I mean, Ball State at Tennessee, 35-point line. You have Alabama A&M against UAB. New Mexico State against Minnesota, that's 36 points. Uh, Portland State against San Jose State at Cal Poly, Fresno State. I mean, it's a bunch of shit games on Thursday night, but all pregame the two good ones in Penn State, Purdue, and uh, West Virginia, Pittsburgh. Um, now, Penn State, a lot of hype going into this year, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, Penn State comes in as the minus three and a half point favorite, and this is in West Lafayette, Indiana, at Purdue, over under fifty three and a half. Weather wise, should be a nice night. I don't see any of the issues, but uh, both teams ranked. Outside the top 25, both are receiving some votes right now. So you could see, you know, they're both on the outside looking in, but, you know, they're both recognized by some coaches, at least getting some kind of votes or by journalists, whoever does it. I forget if it's the AP poll or the coaching poll, but uh, I'm sure they're getting votes in uh, both. Uh, now you see this line and, you know, Penn State at Purdue, but, uh, you know, Penn State, I feel like they're the same story as usual you know like I said a lot of hype coming out but uh you know this is as usual however you know this 
Purdue team is a team not to be slept on. Top five passing offenses just a year ago with their returning QB, Aiden O'Connell, leading the charge. Threw for almost 4,000 yards last year and went 28-11 and 11 TDs to interceptions. Uh, they do, however, lose their number one wide receiver, David Bell, the NFL, and lose number two and number three wide receivers right in Anthrop to graduation. Definitely will hurt this pass happy offense. They do take in a couple of three-star transfers, but I doubt they could live up to Bell's or the other guys' production. This almost reminds me of UTEP, of the UTEP team who lost all their big wide receivers and couldn't do much against the North Texas team in the air, especially since this Penn State defense ranked top 25 in passing defense in 2021. On the defensive side, they lose their top tackler, Jalen Alexander, the NFL, but return two seniors and try to fill that void. Uh, they do return most of their D-line, but lose George Carl Adria to the NFL, drafted in the first round by the Chiefs. Uh, the secondary loses a couple key players, but also returns seniors Allen and Jabari Br- Jamari Brown to help lead the crew. Uh, Jeff Brom heading into his fifth season as the Boilermakers head coach, looking to get this team to another bowl appearance and try to make them a little dark horse team in the Big Ten Conference. I feel like people are sleeping on them, and they do. You know, Aiden O'Connell is a good quarterback. I mean, he threw for almost over 4,000 yards. That's pretty impressive. Uh, they beat Tennessee last year in the Music City Bowl in Nashville, and game went back and forth the whole game, but Purdue squeaked it out with a win in Nashville. I think the total was like 50 to 48 or something like that. But I was actually in Nashville when this was going on. Of course, the people that were with didn't want to fucking go. So, of course, I had to miss out and watch it on the TV. But Nashville, cool city. Highly recommend it. Um, a lot of bars there, a lot of fun, live music if you're into that. But uh, definitely recommend it if you guys uh, if you guys ever have the chance to go. Um, um, for Penn State, Sean Clifford. Or Penn State is coming off a uh, 7-6 record with a bowl appearance in the Outback Bowl, losing to the Razorbacks of Arkansas, uh, 24-10. This team started out 5-0 while beating Wisconsin and Auburn, but then ran into a tough stretch, losing to Iowa, Ohio State, and a bad loss to Illinois in nine overtimes. I think the, I think like the end score was like 20-18, so nine overtimes and the final score was only 20-18. I mean, just a terrible game all around. I mean, Penn State was probably hurting after that one. Probably thought, you know, they're just ashamed to lose to an Illinois team like that. Uh, but, you know, all their losses, they did keep it close within one-score games. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa. Um, so they're in contention. Even Michigan State, they kept it close. But, uh, you know, they were always there, but guess what? You know, if you want to be a good team, you gotta beat the good. You gotta beat the other good teams, essentially. So if you keep losing them, what are you? You're just a mediocre team that can't beat the good ones, and you're not getting to that uh, next level. But uh, Sean Clifford returns for his senior year after throwing for over three thousand yards and throwing for twenty-one TDs and eight interceptions. I expect Clifford to have a good season behind offensive-minded co- head coach James Franklin. Not the biggest fan of Franklin's, but the team did look like a contender early on and had some tough losses later on that took them out of the picture. But yeah, they do return starting running back Kayvon Lee, who split carries with Noah Kane, who transferred to LSU. This team does not run the ball much as they ran for just over 1,000 yards as a as an entire team. They also lose first-round draft pick wide receiver Jahan Dotson, but do return sophomores Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert-Smith, who have a ton of uh, upside as an emerging receiving duo, both sophomores. 
And also watch out for Brenton Strange to have an impact on getting some receptions as tight end for them. On the defensive side, the Nittany Lions lose their top three linebackers to the NFL. You know, I swear, I think I think the uh, Penn State always produces good linebackers. I mean, I was a huge fan of Sean Lee, Cowboys fan here. You guys might hate that, but Sean Lee was a boy. Loved him out of Penn State. Um, but they have a couple underclassmen with some experience, but will be tough to fill those roles, um, especially losing their top three guys and, um, at linebacker. On the D-line, they lose sack leader Arnold at, at Bikiti to the NFL, but have experienced personnel who can take over and transfer chop. Uh, Robinson from Maryland joins the squad. They do return most of their secondary, but lose safety Jaquan Brisker to the NFL. The secondary was ranked high amongst passing defenses, and hopefully they could keep it up going into the season, and especially against Purdue. They'll have their hands full. Um, this Penn State team does lose a lot on their defensive side. Uh, you know, who were very solid a season ago. Uh, tough to go either way on this game as the Nittany Lions are away. And these teams did not meet last season, so hard to uh, compare teams from a season ago. Uh, don't have a play right now. I guess I would lean Penn State just because I think they return most of their secondary. And I think that's what uh, Purdue's going to be most mostly doing is the pass offense. But uh, if anything, I'd buy that half point bring it down to three. Um See if we'll make a play official. Probably won't, but, you know, follow me at CMeds11 uh, right before uh, the games on Thursday. I'll try to get them out Thursday afternoon. I mean, it's probably only going to be one play anyway, so not a big deal. Uh, just moving on to the second game. So it's West Virginia at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is uh, minus 7.5, over under 52. Uh, you know, the good old backyard brawl back on the opening weekend. Uh, rivalry Rivalry week has come early to us. Not sure if any of these teams really even give a shit about the rivalry history or not, but still, I like the name of the rivalry, along with the Holy War, Iron Bowl, Red River Showdown, formerly known as Shootout, Red River Shootout, but apparently some people think the word shootout, being in a rivalry name, will cause people to go on shooting sprees or something, I don't know. Please make it make sense to me, because I don't get it. Just like how the Washington Bullets changed their name to the Washington Wizards, I'll never, I'll never understand it. But I don't really, it's 2022, and everybody's offended by everything. But nevertheless, these teams haven't played against each other in over a decade, so it'll be difficult to see any huge rivalry intensity, but still good to see this matchup back on each other's schedules. Uh, West Virginia's 2021 starting quarterback, Jared Doge. Uh, Dogecoin, Jared Dogecoin. Leads for Western Kentucky, who has a lot of high hopes this season, won week zero. Uh, you know, played some shit team, but still won. They also lose their lead rusher, Letty Brown, and a couple starting wide receivers. You know, we're, looking at, we're looking at a whole new offense led by quarterback JT Daniels from Georgia. Got him in the transfer portal. And at least they have an incoming freshman, or I'm sorry, incoming quarterback in JT Daniels from the SEC with experience. I mean, he's okay. He's not any stellar uh, quarterback that's going to bring and lead this West Virginia team to the college football playoff or anything, but... I'm sure I'll squeak out a couple good wins for them. Um, they lose four out of their five top tacklers from 2021, but do have some returners on D with an older veteran group that will be able to lift this team and keep them in games. D, their D line and sacks leader uh, Dante Stills returns and senior Taj Aston to help bolster the defensive line. 
This team does not turn the ball over in the air. Only had a combined six interceptions as a team and lose a few of these guys uh, to graduation and transfer portal. But uh will be tough for this team to get going early. But uh, hopefully this defensive line can take some pressure off the secondary because they'll need it. Um, on the other side of the ball, the pit offense loses stud quarterback Kenny Pickett to the hometown Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, good luck to him taking over for uh, Big Ben. So hopefully he does pretty well over there. But uh will be a big loss for Pitt coming into the new season. But they turn to Keaton Slovis, transfer from uh, USC. I actually do like Slovis, pro-style quarterback with a good arm. Had his struggles in the Pac-12 uh, last season. But I, don't, I do think he is a promising addition to this Pitt offense. Uh, three of the top uh, rushers all return, all split carries evenly last season. So you can see a running back by committee, which should take the pressure off Slovis, especially for his first couple games, and uh, hopefully open up the pass game when necessary. Uh, I would expect them to be run heavy heading into this game as Slovis works slowly into the passing game. Um, West Virginia's defense is nothing special. I mean, middle of the pack in the uh, Big 12 last season. And, you know, you could, you get high-powered offenses in the Big 12, and you don't see a lot of defenses. So we'll see how they match up against Pitt. Uh, they also, Pittsburgh also loses uh, star wide receiver Jordan Addison to USC as a transfer. Had 17 total touchdowns a season ago, so I'm sure Caleb Williams will like him over there. Um, they do return their second wide out, though, Jared Wayne, who will look to fill that void. Um, they do lose a couple key linebackers on the defensive side, but do bring back leading tackler senior uh, linebacker Dennis from 2021 to lead this defense. Uh, they return their entire D-line, who are a majority of upperclassmen and will be the strength of this defense. Returning sack leader Maldonado and Cansey will be huge for uh, them to keep the pressure on Daniels. They return almost all their defensive backs to help bolster their secondary. Not the most takeaways, but I do expect the secondary to perform well at home against this Mountaineer receiving crew. This might be a slow start as a two quarterbacks with new teams. Might take a few drives to get into rhythm. Adding Slovis to this team will be huge and try pick up where Pickett left off. But a lot of returners coming back to this defensive line and the secondary, I believe, will help keep the Mountaineer offense at bay. I would expect the Pitt offense to run the ball first and start out the game and then move to the passing game with Slovis. But, you know, we'll see. That's just my interpretation of how when I'm breaking these teams down. Um, my official pick will be the Pitt Panthers, minus seven for one unit. By the half a point, don't be a cheap bastard. Seven is a football number, and we don't want to be getting fucked by half a point. But that's going to be my official play. I'll put it on uh, Twitter on uh, Thursday afternoon. You know, get it early if you're listening because it could move. You know, it's already at seven and a half, so you don't want to move it to eight or nine. I doubt it will, but, you know, just in case. But uh, that'll do it for this week's recap and preview of Thursday games. Uh, next episode, we'll be diving into some games on Friday and then all day Saturday. Tune in for the next couple of days for the weekend podcast to drop in. Listen for the picks for this coming weekend. Subscribe, download, and comment or tweet. Send to us at CMeds11 on Twitter. You know, I can't wait to can't wait to win some money for you guys. But uh, a couple games on my list for Friday and Saturday that you know look a little interesting to me. You know, you got Virginia Tech at Old Dominion on Friday night, and also Illinois at Indiana. Um, we did get a taste of Illinois last week against Wyoming. Obviously, you know. Uh, 
Uh, tough to say. DeVito didn't look as good as I thought he would. And then, but Indiana also stinks. They don't bring back anybody, really. Um, on Saturday, we have NC State at East Carolina. A lot of high hopes for NC State this year. They should be a good team. Uh, we have my boys, Rutgers, playing at uh, Boston College. Uh, it's going to be tough. They're seven-point underdogs, but, uh, you know, I'll preview that game. We'll get some thoughts on it. Uh, UNC at F State. I think UNC is only a uh, point-and-a-half favorite going into this game. We saw them against Florida A&M last week. You know, obviously, they beat them, didn't cover, but uh, struggled with them in the first half, didn't overly kill them. You know, their offense was rolling, pretty much picked up from last year, but uh, obviously no defense. Uh Good marquee game is Oregon at Georgia. This will be a good game. Uh, probably not a good game, but, you know, two big names going against each other. Georgia is a 17-point uh, favorite, so it could be a good game to cover the line in that sense. But uh, you also have Cincinnati at Arkansas. They do lose Desmond Ritter. Cincinnati after being in the college football playoff just a year ago. So we'll see how they do going against an SEC school. Uh, Houston at University of Texas San Antonio. Uh, UTSA had a good season last year. So did Houston until they start playing some good teams and they suck. But we'll see with that game. Arizona at San Diego State. That's kind of a shit game. Utah at Florida. I got my eye on this one. Utah is minus three going to the swamp. But this Utah team is pretty fucking good. They got a good running back. Their quarterback is pretty good. You know, Brewer was started out there. Uh, last season, the beginning of last year, good thing he fucking left. That's what they needed because Cam Rising took over and actually led this team to being a good one, an actual competitor. Uh, you also have Army at Coastal Carolina. That will probably shape up to be a good game. Um, we'll see how Coastal Carolina does against the uh, triple option and how uh, Army can handle the quarterback over there at Coastal Carolina. Uh, Notre Dame at Ohio State. It'll be interesting. Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame, going to Ohio State. I mean, we, Ohio State will probably beat the shit out of them, but it'll be a cool game to watch. Boise State at Oregon State. This will be a good game, too. Oregon State returns that quarterback. Uh, his last name is Nolan, actually, so he's a big fan of the show, obviously. We're a big fan of his. We're having the same name, so we're rooting for them. But it'll be a close game. I think that's only like a three-point spread as well. And then uh, Western Kentucky travels to Hawaii. Hawaii is dog shit, so we'll see how it goes with that game. Actually, I want to see the line in that game. Bear with me. Ooh, Western Kentucky minus 16. Jesus Christ. We'll see about that one. But uh, then you got you also got a game Sunday night, 730. Florida State travels to LSU. And then good old Labor Day. Once you're done with all your uh, fantasy drafts, you get uh, Clemson at Georgia Tech, 8 p.m., so that would be a good one as well. But uh, tune in the next couple days. I'm going to be breaking these down. I should have it out hopefully by uh, Thursday, Friday morning. But uh, please tune in. Like I said, download, like, uh, leave any kind of comments, whatever you guys could do. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening.